bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A A S. This shit is trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in coronavirus politics, like we're talking about reality TV. And the shit has really wow. hit the fan. Wow. COVID-20 is wow. one for the record books. All I have to say is 9-11-schmine-11, okay? <laughs> it's cunty 20 from here Fucking to eternity. Jesus I don't want to fucking hear a word about 9-11. No. Like, I mean... I feel like 9-11 just happened, like, on my street. Yeah, we are... <laughs> um, I don't... I can definitely say we've never lived through anything like this. There's never been a pandemic which just rolled right into a riot. I wonder if our parents would agree. They would, right? I think so. I should say... To actually, I should, I'll say pandemic <laughs> rolled into public murder rolled into rioting. Yeah. Protesting slash rioting slash looting. They hadn't even seen a pandemic unless they were the hundred year old lady from the so. Facebook yeah, commercial no. who's a fucking liar. No, they're not. They didn't. No, they're Their parents. Well, while people were setting cop cars on fire, we stopped by our postal annex and picked up some <laughs> gifts. And boy, oh boy, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I, I maybe it's tone deaf to say we got like the most incredible fucking thing on the face of the earth. Like I don't we had already been, I would say during, during COVID 20, we had already been a lesson in excess <laughs> in quarantine, like yeah, just yeah, yeah. drinking all the alcohol in the city, doing right. all the drugs in the city, right. eating all the food in the city, telling all the lies in the city, <laughs> watching all the porn in the city, Right. Doing all the killing in the city. Right. Like, anything it. we could do to get the rocks off. Right. We were rocking it off. I mean, we both have jazzies now because we're <laughs> obese. <laughs> I mean, I can't walk on my own legs. Doesn't matter. Start a diet every week. Start a health every regime. Week. It's not just every diet. Week. It's it's every single thing. Yep. Like, get sober. Get healthy. Get help. Get psychological help. And then my kryptonite showed up in the form of 20 <laughs> over 20 boxes oh, of children's cereal <laughs> 20 family um, size boxes of children's family cereal. size family size not just regular size but family size okay and when i tell you it's i i it, it's beyond it's it's next level it's the following tricks are for kids cereal tricks are for kids Apple Jacks, Frosted Mini Wheats, Lucky Charms, Golden Grams, Honeycombs, Raisin Bran, Fruity Pebbles, Cocoa Pebbles, Honey Nut Cheerios, Regular Weed Cheerios, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and not to be outdone by its own cerealness, there was also two bags of popcorn and a, two boxes of graham crackers. Because Julie said on the, our Patreon, Ugh. which you can join www.patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics, in one of the meandering pointless senseless conversations that we have twice a week for the patreon podcasts julie we did a whole deep dive into cereal and julie said that she would take golden grams mm -hmm. and pour them into her popcorn <laughs> which was slap your mom yes you pam genius because i have never thought of doing anything other than chocolate like you know like a milk dud or a, ju mm -hmm. a juicy what is it what do i do junior mint mm. oh god that's good yeah but cereal is now giving you a candy corn effect or like a yes. like a it's giving you the sweet to the salty of yes. the popcorn so and i think that my sister taught me that i think i'm unsure but i'm just gonna give her credit i'm gonna have why to not? ask you not take even one single piece of a cinnamon toast crunch <laughs> or a golden grom well now we got 25 boxes of cereal <laughs> and uh, four open boxes and 
How many times today have I mentioned the cookie crunch, which I don't even like as a cereal? <laughs> yeah. Um, a hundred. Yeah. If not a hundred and one. That's for real. I've, and she's like, just have some then. And I'm like, <laughs> no. I, why am I obsessing over the cookie crunch? Because while I, eating something else. <laughs> while eating digging, something else. A chocolate bar, by the way, incidentally, right, Devin like, Verona gave us six months ago. <laughs> that was in foil in a plastic bag. I had to go find anything else from Devin Verona and be like eating it. It's a problem. It's a problem. Uh, it's well. well. Now we're on a diet. <laughs> oh God, it's so hard. It's so easy. Why is it so easy to gain weight and so hard to lose it? Wow. Especially with cereal in the house, I know now how people feel oh, when they see licorice or Sour mm. Patch Kids, which is also here, <laughs> or or alcohol or drugs uh, or peanut butter, that's peanut in here butter. Too. Yeah. <laughs> every oh, every single thing I mentioned is here. What am I gonna do? And Christy Coke, you are responsible, too, because for Memorial Day, she sent us a saucy gift card, which we woke up hungover, hadn't even done the podcast, <laughs> threw a high five, said happy, happy Memorial Day, got an email from Christy Coke. I swear it was probably 10 a.m. Like, <laughs> get saucy on Memorial Day. And we're like, and I said, <laughs> will do. Ordered that shit at 10 a.m. Literally, there was a guy here in a mask. I look like the witch who haunts the <laughs> the neighborhood, the drunk witch. And he's like, how are you? And I'm like, oh, nothing. Just morning drinking. Thanks, buddy. Happy coronavirus. While I forgot eating, to wear my mouth. Eating the cereal out of a box. <laughs> like, hello, sir. <laughs> Have you tried crackling out, Brad? I mean, <laughs> yeah, we really did it. We're going to get it tight. Oh, and we might be able to do it tight with a little treat from Stacy Van Ness. Mm. Stacey Van Ness sent us a chopstick set. Now, we can use that when we're eating like our steamed vegetables. I like to eat steamed vegetables with the with chopsticks and like rice. So, you know, uh, that will be good for the like I like to in 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 diet food. I do like to give it an Asian flair, like yes. a, like a soy sauce flair because yeah. it's just steamed veggies, some white it's rice. Perfect gift to make a gear. Perfect. Yeah, it must make you feel glamorous. Yeah. Plus, it's so cute. There's these like little kitty holders for the chopsticks. Ugh, which are so cute. Which we aren't even going to use, Stacey. To be honest, Julie already no. has them arranged in the office like they're little <laughs> toys for herself. Like literally she has them here in the drug den like she's going to play with them. Yeah, they're so, like figurines. Yeah, because we don't, we set our chopsticks right down on the cat hair. Yeah, I'm not going to worry about <laughs> yeah. it. Though I do like those because those are the cats that we saw in Japan at the cat temple yeah they're so, so it's such a I love cute it. set she also sent a custom-made dumpling guitar pick uh and thank you so much that was a very thoughtful gift and to everyone who sent us gifts we do this segment so that we can thank you for the gifts that you send us um because we really appreciate it and there's really no other way for us to thank you besides you know describing and thanking you um on the podcast and we just really appreciate it and we want everyone to know how much we appreciate you so anyone has a problem with it <laughs> We don't need your notes, babe. All right. Now it's time for the shitty, shitty week in Corona. Guess what, bitch? <laughs> Coronavirus. Coronavirus. Shit is real. Shit is getting real. Shit is real. Okay, all I have to say is, Corona who? Does he even go to this school? Because this week we saw the real epidemic in this country, a deadly cancerous abuse of power. It can be racist, it can be sexist, it can be classist, it can even be, and often is, religious. But whatever the motivation, the abuse starts at the highest levels of government and American institutions and trickles down to affect every working class person in this country. And to be clear, real quick, when we say working class, we on this podcast, we mean everyone in America who has to work in order to survive. They don't come from money. They don't have rich families. I should say we. We don't come from money. We don't have rich families. We work a job that pays us and we need it in order to survive. That is what we count as working class. Well, this week, working class people who have arguably been the hardest hit by the economic effects of the pandemic 
rioted for six <laughs> nights straight in over 20 major cities, including Atlanta, Bakersfield, Boston, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Des Moines, Denver, Detroit, Washington, D.C., Houston, L.A., Louisville, Memphis, Minneapolis, New York City, Phoenix, Portland, Sacramento, San Francisco, and mm-hmm. San Jose. Mm. That's like five or six cities in California. Just <laughs> not for exactly. nothing. Each of the riots in each of the cities began as peaceful protests against the obvious and ongoing abuse of power and systemic racism that has taken over our justice system. From the racist, sexist, religious Republican judges that Trump and Senate Majority Leader Mitch McDougal douchey McConnell are stacking into every courtroom to the racist, sexist, religious, Republican asshole cops being hired every day. Our justice system only helps you if you're a white man or a rich man. And this week, a racist abuse of power coincided with a class dividing pandemic and all hell broke loose. I mean, wow. Watch it burn. Wow. Feel the burn. Watch it burn. <laughs> Bernie should have been standing there Damn. with his head above it being like, it's burning. Burn, 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 burn. Yep. So hopefully you've, you, you missed the news. Hopefully. <laughs> I really hope you did. Last Monday in Minneapolis, a black guy named George Floyd was day drunk and bought a pack of cigarettes at a liquor store with a fake $20 bill. I mean, Put a wig on him and call him Brandy because it sounds like something <laughs> I'd do. I'm not even, I mean, especially. It's something anyone would do. Especially right now, okay? Ugh. Other than buying cigarettes. I've I'm like, literally stolen, even whether it's accidentally or not accidentally, out of self-checkout at the supermarket, have literally stolen shit. Oh, that's not accidental. Exactly. <laughs> so come kill me, apparently, sir. Yeah. I mean, God. If, I had, if I had a counterfeit bill that looked real, I'm using that. And Fuck I'm talking yes. about tonight. So Floyd had lost his restaurant job because of Corona. Like many, many people in America, he was broken, depressed and trying to get through his goddamn day. He refused to return the cigarettes and the clerk called the cops. And then the cops found Floyd sitting in his car around the corner from the store. They pulled him out of the car, handcuffed him and restrained him on the ground. An officer named Derek Chauvin, who, by the way, was working with 18 prior open complaints. Mm -hmm filed against him as a cop they were open had not been closed or you know they weren't taken care of they were still being looked at yeah 18 prior complaints put his knee on floyd's neck for seven straight minutes until he died i'm assuming most of you have seen the cell phone footage of the event but for those of you who haven't i couldn't watch it either and don't even know if i can get through this now but i'm gonna have mamma describe it like a human being because she saw it and was traumatized to say the least when yeah. she called me yeah. moments after fully seeing it. traumatized it's it's so uh okay basically what you see and there's two different views because you get you see them pull him out of the car there's also some weird shit going on in the car which is really you don't know what it is but you know they're beating him up in there and then they pull him out of the car there's that one squat uh. fuck who's watching the whole thing not doing anything Keeping an eye out. He's the Billy Bush of the group. He's the Brett Kavanaugh of the group. He doesn't get in on the gang. He bang. also he had six, uh, six prior open complaints. That guy. Amazing. Four, four, four police brutality. Like of course for for yeah. I'm just like wow. Yeah. So then they put him on the ground. There's four cops now on top of George Floyd. One on his legs. One on his upper legs. One on his back. And one on his neck. The guy on his neck has his knee in his neck. Okay. So his entire body can't be he now can't move and they've already put the, 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 the handcuffs on him. So why, you ask, have are they continuing to keep him on the ground for what is just under nine minutes? Unarmed seven, and restrained. Unar- he's now restrained. They're not putting him back in the car. They're not doing anything but keeping him on the ground because at seven minutes he had died. So for two minutes and 45 seconds, the cop with his knee in his neck was basically holding down a dead person. Uh, you know, we all saw it. It's, it's, you know, how many of us have seen murder um, record? You know, I've never seen, I've never seen that before. This was a, this was a, a, a brutal murder. This was a brutal murder. Hold, I, I, I just, I just need a minute. I don't blame you. It's horrifying and it's so disturbing and sad and infuriating. And I don't, I, 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 it's shocking. It's just shocking. 
So the peaceful protests were organized and spread via social media. They would begin around 3 or 4 p.m. while the police in whichever city were managing the crowds. By the way, not socially distanced. Half of people not even in masks. I don't think didn't see too many people concerned about coronavirus. Let's put it that way. So different groups would go to different areas and start fires. So there's like the one part where they're protesting where they're just like black lives matter holding up signs i can't breathe like basically demonstrating right Right. and then you know people with more of like just a higher stakes demonstration agenda would go to a different area and like light a car on fire or something such as right um or they'd spray paint like those same messages like i can't breathe Mm -hmm. and black lives matter things like that there's a million like so they're spray painting like messages They weren't just vandalizing. It was all messaging and demonstrating. Right. So then in the midst of these things, an organized group of looters, and I'm talking about in every city, like it's, (laughs) it was an organized plan when whichever city it is, whether it's Atlanta, LA, Mm -hmm. um, Minneapolis had them, Philadelphia had them, Chicago, an organized group is now in a different area, (laughs) smashing windows and burglarizing stores. But, uh, the burglaries and looting and smashing of windows and was just... I watched at so, one point, I mean, it was like flipping. You could have had 50 TVs on because of the different cities and different right. looting and different... Right. And I'm sorry that I'm one of the people who, yeah, the the message... I mean, that was part of the... You could say that the looters aren't part of the message, but it is kind of the message. For me, it was the part of The message is quite there, which is... We're taking your shit. Fuck you. However you want to say, however it is for you, it's all a part of the message. We're burning this shit to the ground. Fuck you. It's all there. And pay attention. And pay pay attention. attention. But it's that also, you know, is riveting and shocking. And I've definitely vacillated back and forth from loving it. And I love seeing the, the burning of the police cars and they exploded a police station. And it's just like that'll that's a that's a message. But yeah, when you see a liquor store, like small mom and pop places get vandalized and broken into and, you know, yeah. you think you, you, now you suck. Now you yeah. suck. But, now you suck. And it's hard. But it's hard for anyone all... to watch people's businesses where we're all, we're not monsters and we don't want to watch um, right. people's windows get smashed. No. We don't feel comfortable watching violence. We no. don't feel comfortable watching theft. But what you have to try and remember, and I know it's hard, first of all, Try not for everyone, you know, I'm terrible with empathy. Okay. But what I do do is go for the underdog into an annoying degree. Mm -hmm. So I try not to fucking stand on a moral high ground when I'm a cesspool of shitty morals. And I know that those people I truly know, except for the ones who have mobbed and and beat up. Like we saw like like an older man get like mobbed and we've seen violence. Anyone that's beating up another person, that's different. But when you see people, young guys, young girls, we saw every race running into a store and stealing something and running out like those people aren't monsters. They're just a look like half of them were having fun. B, (laughs) they're trying to get the come up and see like, sorry. Yeah. Like this is what happens when when there's a class divide to the point of just like and it's being ignored and it's getting worse. And the opportunities for these people and us are getting smaller and smaller. We have less opportunity than we have right now in 2020 than we had in 2010. And then there was a fucking depression in 2010. It was freaking the economy was in the trash in 2010 and in the, we had less in 2010 than we did in you know right. 2000 right. and it's getting worse and worse until it's going to be like there is no middle class and that is what's happening and it's just like this is what happens walter when you fuck a fucking stranger in the ass this is what happens and i just watched it and i was like got some pie i should have put some golden grams and some popcorn because i had the time of my motherfucking life i was like sorry about well. your sneaker store boo sorry about your sneaker store sorry about your hot topic chain but we did watch u-haul vans this happened everywhere u-haul vans would show up to the front of a store and a crowd would load it with sneakers or whatever and that was the that was the game so they were fully organized yeah like they were they clearly planned we're gonna take the truck we're gonna go you guys are gonna run then we're gonna meet you on the corner you're gonna put stuff in then we're gonna get the fuck out of there or whatever now i watched a guy walk on the new in live time walk out of rei um with a bicycle, a ton of people walking out with bikes, but this guy walked out. They, the news followed him. He walked out, 
and he took the bike and he strapped it on top of his car while wearing a baseball hat that he had also stolen from the REI with the <laughs> with the tag still on it. And the people on the news were like, are you are we watching this? Are you? And the guy was standing right there and the guy with the baseball hat was just like, whatever, dude, like, what are you going to do? I'm wearing a mask. I mean, it was just yeah. like he put the bike on top of the car. He had his baseball hat on. And it wasn't like he had some shitty guy. He had a nice truck. He had like a nice SUV oh, yeah. that he put the bike on top of. And he went on his way and was like, hey, kids, guess what daddy got you? A new bike. And you know what? And I'm happy for him. I mean, I'm sorry. I know it's it it's was, all <laughs> it's it's one of those things where you go where I literally every five minutes was like, yeah. And then I was like, no. And then I was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, gross. And I yeah. was like, no. And then I was like, yeah. Yeah. There was never there's no where literally what I was. I feel like we're watching when it comes to whether it was the looting and the violence and the just a lot of the even the thirst bucket there was just so much around oh, I saw it people taking pictures selfies oh there was in front of so many cars selfies. on fire yeah but i know that for me i truly hate that social media culture i hate the selfie culture anyway yeah. so for me i wasn't any more offended that they took a picture in front of a burning car as i would be that they're thirst bucketing in a coronavirus mask like on a plane you know what i mean it's like well, so that that is already just it's just a culture and a generation that's disgusting to me but for something for me those fires and that mayhem and that chaos and that destruction it did feel cathartic to me it mm -hmm. did feel um i didn't feel like it was against me because i am not um, one of those people that owns a store. I'm not one of those rich people that lives in that neighborhood. You know, we Julie and I live in a working class suburb, <laughs> honey, and our neighborhood was perfectly fine. There might have been one thirst bucket dumpster on fire where it was like, quit trying it. <laughs> quit trying it. You try to do a photo op. But like I felt like it was I was part of those people and I felt their fucking anger yeah. and their just all of it. We're we're not right. The but above, then there honey. does come a point, though, where you think there where I go or I'm watching this and they'll interview certain people and. I'm not feeling it. I'm <laughs> not feeling it. I'm not feeling that's fine. Be angry. I'm angry. I want to be angry, angry. And until you. The thing is, until I then there are people who demonstrate, you know what, I'm angry, but I want to literally make a change. So I'm going to here's my plan. Without that, I'm not I get uncomfortable. I yeah, get well, I get uncomfortable. And everyone was uncomfortable because yeah. it was but I, I feel uncomfortable, all of it. inappropriate, right. weird, bizarre, <laughs> violent, scary. It's all of the above. Yeah, that's you the thing. It's to, all of it. It's and you, all of and it. And the whole point is to feel uncomfortable. Right. Because we're all too comfortable right. with everyone else's right. pain and our own pain right. and the injustice that we all just right. live with like an open seeping aching bed sore that we just live with and we never get it checked out the mm -hmm. point is poke the sore poke into it <laughs> dig around be like okay is this gonna heal or do i need to like get surgery and remove this i did hear a guy say you can't expect somebody who just got their leg chopped off to stop screaming and I thought that was kind of like a good metaphor. Yeah. Like you would never if you, you literally just had your leg or some traumatic happen to you physically. You wouldn't just be like, yep. you would scream, exactly. you would scream exactly. and you wouldn't stop screaming until that got fixed. So for me, it's sort of like we're in the screaming phase now, but it's six days now and we need to get into the fixing phase. Okay, I watched the, after like the first night, the mayor of Atlanta got up and gave a speech and I, I stood up and cried my eyes out. So here she is. She's giving, she's basically talking to everyone in, in her city in Atlanta to particularly the looters and the people causing chaos. Let me just speak to what's happening here today. Um, above everything else, I am a mother. I am a mother to four black children in America, one of whom is 18 years old. And when I saw the murder of George Floyd, I hurt like a mother would hurt. And on yesterday when I heard there were rumors about violent protests in Atlanta, I did what a mother would do. I called my son and I said, where are you? I said, I cannot protect you and black boys shouldn't be out today. So you're not going to out concern me and out care about where we are in America. 
I wear this each and every day. And I pray over my children each and every day. So what I see happening on the streets of Atlanta is not Atlanta. This is not a protest. This is not in the spirit of Martin Luther King Jr. This is chaos. A protest has purpose. When Dr. King was assassinated, we didn't do this to our city. So if you love this city, this city that has had a legacy of black mayors and black police chiefs and people who care about this city, where more than 50% of the business owners in Metro Atlanta are minority business owners. If you care about this city, then go home and pray that somebody like Reverend Beasley will come and talk to you and give you some instructions on what a protest should look like and how you effectuate change in America. This police chief made a video on yesterday, pull it up on YouTube. I did. Where she said she was appalled to watch the murder of George Floyd. This woman did that. You're not honoring the legacy of Martin Luther King Jr. and the civil rights movement. You're not protesting anything running out with brown liquor in your hands, breaking windows in this city. T.I. and Killer Mike own half the West Side. So when you burn down this city, you're burning down our community. If you want change in America, go and register to vote. Show up at the polls on June 9th. Do it in November. That is the change we need in this country. You are disgracing our city. You are disgracing the life of George Floyd and every other person who has been killed in this country. We are better than this. We're better than this as a city. We are better than this as a country. Vote, 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 vote. When she said protest has, have, has purpose, I thought, God damn. Yeah. Yes, we are. The, there's chaos and there's anger and there's frustration and there's blah, 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 because we're just we're just expressing we're expressing and God knows in the last 10 or 20 years there's nothing better than this generation does this is just express themselves and right. our feelings matter and everybody's fucking you know sensitivity yeah. and whatever matters and it does everyone's feelings fucking matter every boob is different every boob is fine okay but there is no purpose necessarily and I mean and I mean that in the sense of you know the purpose is to cause to to be listened to the purpose is to be heard the purpose is to shine a light on I get that I get it but we would we want to start hearing the tangible literal purpose well yeah and we need need a direction you know and there's there just aren't the civil rights leaders that there was before to lead lead i mean there's not even like jesse jackson and and al sharpton to to lead um a boycott yeah to lead boycotts and they led that kind of stuff there we just don't have those kinds of leaders now in that kind of direction but i do think for those people and it was organized crime and it was wrong and i'm not saying that it wasn't wrong but um our government is organized crime that police department that killed right. george floyd that's also organized crime and the catholic church that's organized crime crime is being committed in those institutions and then it's being systematically hidden and ignored and and transferred to another district over and over and over and over again this is crime fighting crime so now you think protest with a purpose that's true and those people were protesting the systematic racism and and racial injustice and social injustice that lives in our justice system. However, the people looting are fighting a fucking class divide and a lack of opportunity and the fact that they are constantly being arrested for their petty crimes while the crimes in the Catholic Church are ignored. The crimes at the top of government are ignored. The crimes in the LAPD and every PD are ignored. That's what that 
to them, that was protesting with the purpose. It was like, watch this. If we decide to turn the fuck around and turn on you, what will you do? Nothing. So at the same press conference in Atlanta where we heard the clip from the mayor, um, Killer Mike, who's a rapper and like the mayor said, a business owner in Atlanta, um, he spoke the same press conference in the midst of the crazy riots and his speech went viral. Incidentally, Killer Mike's full name is Mike Rinder, which is hilarious if you know anything about Scientology. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> that is weird. I didn't want to come and I don't want to be here. I'm the son of an Atlanta City police officer. Um, my cousin is an Atlanta City police officer. And my other cousin, East Point police officer. And I got a lot of love and respect for police officers, down to the original eight police officers in Atlanta, that even after becoming police, had to dress in a YMCA because white officers didn't want to get dressed with niggers. And here we are, 80 years later, I watched a white officer assassinate a black man. And I know that tore your heart out. And I know it's crippling. And I have nothing positive to say in this moment. Because I don't want to be here. But I'm responsible to be here because it wasn't just Dr. King and people dressed nicely who marched and protested to progress this city and so many other cities. It was people like my grandmother, people like my aunts and uncles who were members of SCLC and NAACP, and in particular, Reverend James Orange, Mrs. Alice Johnson, and Reverend Love, who we just lost last year. So I'm duty-bound to be here to simply say that it is your duty not to burn your own house down for anger with an enemy. It is your duty to fortify your own house so that you may be a house of refuge in times of organization. And now is the time to plot, plan, strategize, organize, and mobilize. It is time to beat up prosecutors you don't like at the voting booth. It is time to hold mayoral offices accountable chiefs and deputy chiefs. Atlanta is not perfect, but we're a lot better than we ever were, and we're a lot better than cities are. I'm mad as hell. I woke up wanting to see the world burn down yesterday because I'm tired of seeing black men die. He casually put his knee on a human being's neck for nine minutes as he died like a zebra in the clutch of a lion's jaw. And we watch it like murder porn over and over again. So that's why children are burning to the ground. They don't know what else to do. And it is the responsibility of us to make this better right now. We don't want to see one officer charged. We want to see four officers prosecuted and sentenced. We don't want to see targets burning. We want to see the system that sets up for systemic racism burnt to the ground. And as I sit here in Georgia, home of Stevens, Georgia, former vice president of the Confederacy, white man said that law, fundamental law stated that whites were naturally the superior race. And the Confederacy was built on a cornerstone. It's called a cornerstone speech. Look it up. The cornerstone speech that blacks would always be subordinate. That officer believed that speech because he killed that man like an animal. In this city, officers have done horrendous things and they have been prosecuted. This city's cut different. In this city, you can find over 50 restaurants owned by black women. I didn't say minority and I didn't say women of color. So after you burn down your own home, what do you have left but char and ash? CNN, Ted did a great thing. I love CNN, I love Cartoon Network, but I'd like to say to CNN right now, karma's a mother. Stop feeding fear and anger every day. Stop making people feel so fearful, give them hope. I'm glad they only took down a sign and defaced a building and they're not killing human beings like that policeman did. 
I'm glad that they only destroyed some brick and mortar and they didn't rip a father from a son. They didn't rip a, fa a son from a mother like the policemen did. When a man yells for his mother in duress and pain and she's dead, he is essentially yelling, please, God, don't let it happen to me. And we watch that. So my question for us on the other side of this camera is after it burns, will we be left with charred or will we rise like a phoenix out of the ashes that Atlanta has always done? Will we use this as a moment to say that we will not do what other cities have done and in fact we will get better than we've been? We got good enough to destroy cash bonds. You don't have to worry about going to jail for some petty. We got smart enough to decriminalize marijuana. How smart are we going to be in the next 15 or 20 years to keep us ahead of this curve? So that much like when South Africa suffered apartheid, you had Andy and other politicians that could make sure that Atlanta said, Coca-Cola, we love you. But if you don't pull out of South Africa, we're going to leave. We're not going to drink Coca-Cola anymore. Coca-Cola jumped on their side and apartheid ended. So we have an opportunity now because I'm mad. I don't have any good advice. But what I can tell you is that if you sit in your homes tonight, instead of burning your home to the ground, you will have time to properly plot, plan, strategize, and organize, and mobilize in an effective way. And two of the most effective ways is first taking your butt to the computer and making sure you fill out your census so that people know who you are and where you are. The next thing is making sure you exercise your political bully power and going to local elections and beating up the politicians that you don't like. You got a prosecutor sent your partner to jail and you know it was bullshit, put a new prosecutor in there. Now's your election to do it. You want a different senator that's more progressive that pulls marijuana through, now is the time to do that. But it is not time to burn down your own home. I love and I respect you. I hate I don't have more to say. I hate I can't fix it in a snap. I hate Atlanta's not perfect for as good as we are. But we have to be better than this moment. We have to be better than burning down our own homes. Because if we lose Atlanta, what else we got? We lose an ability to plot, to plan, to strategize, to organize, and to properly mobilize. I want you to go home. I want you to talk to 10 of your friends. I want you guys to come up with real solutions. I would like for the Atlanta City Police Department to bring back the Community Review Board, one that Alice Johnson was formerly under, under Chief Turner. We need a review board here before an officer does some stupid shit. We need to get ahead of it. That's my recommendation to my mayor and my chief. Let's get a review board, let's get ahead of it, and let's give them power. We don't need an officer that makes a mistake once, twice, three times, and finally he kills a boy on national TV, and the next thing you know, the country is burning down. We don't need a dumbass president repeating what segregationists said. When you start looting, we start shooting. But the problem is some officers black and some people gonna shoot back. And that's not good for our community either. I love and respect you all. I hope that we find a way out of it because I don't have the answers, but I do know. We must plot, we must plan, we must strategize, organize and mobilize. Thank you for allowing me some time to speak. I'd like to appreciate our chief for what she said on YouTube. I thought it was very bold to do. I'd like to appreciate our mayor for talking to us like a black mama and telling us to take our ass at home. And I'd like to talk, like to thank my friend for convincing me to come here. Oh, I love it. I love him. I don't even, I didn't even know who he was. And I just think that speech is perfect. Perfect. It's definitely up there in like the top five best speeches like ever given. It was unplanned, unwritten. Mm. He's clearly shell-shocked. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. for me personally, I didn't see it until Sunday, and um, since I had avoided ever seeing the video of George Floyd's murder, mm -hmm. um, hearing Killer Mike was the first time that I was like, had been moved to tears. And I only knew what you had told me, and certainly I hadn't even heard it described as in detail as you did today for the podcast. Hearing that he called out for his mom was beyond oh, yeah. for me, yeah. and I yeah. absolutely have never heard a, a a more awful thing in my entire life and his mom's dead. I mean I can't I mean I can't I can't talk about it so basically by the end of the speech I was crying my eyes out I didn't even listen to it this time again mm -hmm. you guys I walked <laughs> away and I won't ever listen to it again um, I have to actively every hour stop myself from from thinking about th thinking about George Floyd and uh, just thinking about the whole thing it's it's so horrific. So 
But the thing is, is that for every George Floyd, there are thousands more who have died wrongfully and horrifically at the hands of police and hundreds of thousands who have been attacked and abused and didn't die like Rodney King. And we all know the famous ones. And of course, seeing the Floyd video reminds us all of the different cell phone footage we've seen over the last 30 years since Rodney King in 1992 of cops attacking or wrongfully shooting unarmed black men. George Floyd made me think of one I saw um, of a black woman in a police car saying she couldn't breathe. And I'm sure many of you, like Brandy, immediately thought of Trayvon Martin, the gut-wrenching, heartbreaking poster child for the systematic racism and dangerous class injustice in this country. But less people think these incidents are few and far between and that the majority of cops in the majority of cities are good. We like can, Trump said. Right. Well, like a, everybody yeah, says. There's and only that a few bad apples. We've heard it over and over again from Trump administration people that 99.9% of the police force is good. Mm-hmm. Well, we compiled a small list of recent high profile cases to show the scope and the seriousness of this epidemic. In 2009, a 22-year-old black guy was shot on New Year's Day in San Francisco. Transit cops were called after a fight broke out on the train. It's called BART, if you're familiar. Um, Bay Area Transit. Bay Area. Who cares? <laughs> One police officer need Oscar Grant, who was unarmed, in the head and then forced him to lie face down on the platform. While he was being held in the prone position, another officer mm-hmm. shot him in the back. The incident was well documented on a ton of different cell phone tapes since it was New Year's Eve. Um, and if it, you haven't seen it, you should watch the movie Fruitvale Station. It's Ugh, beyond and yeah. gave us Michael Jordan. So the officer who killed him was sentenced to two years in prison, of which he served 11 months in L.A. County protective custody before he was released. Wow. There was hundreds of of cell phone video showing that he was unarmed, not resisting arrest and was shot point blank in the back executed. And and the officer served 11 months. And that in and of itself is rare for him to even serve time at all. In 2015, six Baltimore police officers beat a black man to death in a police van. Freddie Gray was unarmed and already in custody. All six police officers were acquitted in Maryland and the U S justice department never charged them federally at all. So there's two things that happen in these situations. These officers are there. They could be as with any murder you, but particularly if you work for the justice system, you can be charged by your state. And then the federal government has the opportunity to charge you. In many of these cases, any that you hear from, you know, 2008 to 2016, we're looking at Obama's justice department. We're looking at Eric Holder was the, United States Attorney General. So that said, in 2015, a college police officer at the University of Cincinnati shot an unarmed black man named Sam Dubose during a routine traffic stop. That's a black guy sitting in his car and gets shot and killed by a college cop. The cop was acquitted by the state of Ohio and he was never charged federally. In 2016, two white police officers pinned Alton Sterling to the ground in front of a Baton Rouge liquor store where he had been illegally selling CDs and then fatally shot him. The entire incident was recorded by several different cell phones and widely documented. Both officers were never charged federally or locally. Ooh, illegally selling CDs. I also want to say for the record, I don't care if the CDs were lined with razor blades and crack rocks. (laughs) I don't care if the, if these, whatever they're illegally selling, mighty cut the shit. I don't care what they're selling. I don't care what they're doing. Somebody doesn't deserve to be fatally shot, pinned to the ground and fatally shot in front of a crowd because they were selling drugs in front of a liquor store. I just don't care. I don't. You know what I mean? These are these are these are nonviolent. Crimes. Not right. Exactly. And you we know, need to think of the what what the you know, Kamala Harris was talking the other day about the 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 reform that needs to happen across the board federally and statewide and one of the things that she's suggesting is that we do a um, a nationwide sort of like a system wide accepted use of force so there's necessary force and then there's unnecessary force and right now right. it's not even necessary or unnecessary it's like you've it's it's was it necessary to use even any force at all right. for somebody who's selling CDs on the street? Probably not. You probably didn't even need to push the guy down like and even if they're drunk, which he maybe was he was in front of a liquor store. There does need to be an across the board. It's not a per incident issue. There also needs, as we know, needs to be an across the board 
punishment. There needs to be a set of rules, right. just like we all have. And if you break those rules, you now are are. And obviously, you do go. You can if there's body, you know. There and yes. and the what Killer Mike was saying about having a review board. So it's like if you have the the system, and then you have a review board. Certainly, if somebody's drunk and you go to arrest them, and then they somehow stab you, then yeah, you right. have to defend yourself. But why it is that somebody's being why we had to watch um, a car chase through a, a neighborhood street, my actual street of six police cars going down, chasing a guy that I stole a car going 100 miles per hour seems unnecessary. Who cares? Let him go. Find the car with the GPS. What is with this? Like, it's like a tunnel vision takes over and there's no common sense. And it's a problem in the it's a problem in these powerful right. organizations. They get drunk on power. They get scared. They're not trained properly. It needs a full overhaul. And I'm not just saying that in a conceptual terms. It's like they need like they need social workers. They need psychologists. These people aren't just they're mentors. They need to be mentors for the community. They need to be community organizers. They need to be friends, leaders. They need to help people Mm -hmm. go back to the days when you're helping someone get their cat out of the tree instead of pulling me over and telling me my window tint is too dark. (laughs) Go help somebody. Go find a, you know, some Mm. lonely kid who's probably going to commit a crime because they're lost and don't have anyone in their life. Go do something with your fucking self. And there needs to be psychiatric help and they have to I we've talked about this you and I that police people should be going to a mental health situation like maybe betterhelp.com once a week. They literally <laughs> need least. to because what you're dealing because they're also being traumatized weekly. They're also being that is a hard job. You're going into domestic violence, your rapes and murders and nightly Every night after your job, you have to purge out what you saw so you don't have to take it with you. You know, when I heard Killer Mike say the thing about George Floyd calling out for his mom, the thing that made me the most uh, horrified was knowing that people stood around and saw a helpless grown man calling for his mom and they were too scared or were not allowed to do anything that their their hands were tied and those people have now it's like they've been to war like they've been to vietnam that group of people is traumatized for having and beating themselves up and feel terrible and guilty when there's nothing they could have done not only could would they have gotten shot they would have gotten arrested they would have gotten in trouble for getting involved and it's all of these incidents this guy in front of this liquor store anytime you see a cell phone video of something it's like people are doing all they can they're just trying to to be a witness whose testimony gets heard and believed so they're filming it just to empower themselves in any way because they're powerless and then they're stuck traumatized because no one has any fucking rights. Yeah. In 2015, a white cop shot this black guy named Philando Castile during a routine traffic stop. I'm sure you remember this one. So the guy's girlfriend was filming the incident mm. on Facebook Live. And it showed Castile holding his hands in the air and calmly informing the officer that he had a gun in the glove compartment. The officer freaked out and shot him in the chest. Live on Facebook in front of the girlfriend shoots and kills her boyfriend sitting a foot away live on Facebook and was fully and completely acquitted. There wasn't one person who watched the video that thought he was going for a gun. He was resisting arrest. There was no way on any planet to think that this man did anything wrong. In fact, he probably didn't even need to say there was a gun in the glove compartment. He only did that to try to avoid himself and his girlfriend being hurt. Right. And he has his hands fully in the air. The cop gets fully acquitted. It that's just when you're like, you you know that that black people are living in a world where it's just like the impossible is possible every right. Single it's like the Twilight minute. Zone. It's, it's the Twilight literally like zone. the Twilight Zone. Yeah, and it's and you're yeah you're right. How do you even come back from that? How do you even come, how that girlfriend doesn't hasn't started a underground vigilante group <laughs> yeah. to go kill every cop on the planet? I don't know. I honestly don't. In 2015, two white officers shot 24-year-old Jamar Clark in the head while unarmed, in custody, and handcuffed. Again, both officers were never charged federally or locally. The 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 in in custody, in handcuffs, and unarmed. I don't even. That's where you go. Also, just like Philando Castile, you're like, well, just like George Floyd. What is the right? Why? 
why? And then never getting charged. It's just, and then you, so then something like you say that out loud and you're like, oh, of course they're burning the city down to the ground. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, okay. How do you, All right, how fine. Do you not, uh, just let me just step out of the way then. How do you not classify something as pr- police brutality when someone is handcuffed and unarmed? <laughs> yeah, you're you brutalizing right. someone. You're yeah. beating them up. You're yeah. beating someone up who's now tied. You're torturing right. someone. Yeah, that, yeah. And like, you know, it's, it's, it is nothing but brutality. And every time you see someone break a window and you get that gross feeling that everyone gets, try and picture that girl sitting a foot away as the one smashing that window like fuck you where was all this rage when my fucking boyfriend did nothing wrong and those cops nothing happened to them yeah you know what i mean yep god i'm gonna go smash a window in 2015 that's why we're reading these in 2015 four white officers shot jerry jeremy mcdole after responding to a call about a man with a gun mcdole was shot while unarmed sitting in a wheelchair it's literally like a it's like a joke it's like like it sounds like a joke it literally sounds like a joke the four officers were never charged federally or locally in 2014 eric garner died in new york city after a white police officer placed him in a chokehold during an arrest for selling loose cigarettes (laughs) neither he or any of the other officers on the scene were ever charged federally or locally again i say unto you a guy is selling loose cigarettes and you need to put a chokehold on him in order to arrest him and then kill him because it was Let's pretend they're filled with crack. Let's pretend they're filled with fucking crystal meth. Who gives a fuck? Right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. If you were dealing with, that's what needs to go on to the thing that Kamala's writing up in her spreadsheet. Put on your spreadsheet, line one. If you're doing a nonviolent crime, like, let it loosen up you don't if you need to chase someone because they're selling cigarettes maybe like let them okay selling drugs just not every person selling drugs needs to go to jail no 50 percent of the male population in this country don't need to end up in jail there's like i said there's organized crime at the highest levels here donald trump's not paying his taxes donald trump's making up fake fucking businesses Mm -hmm. so he can go build fake russian moscow hotels Mm -hmm. that he never builds so he can launder money this is all crime it's all crime in different forms go find a priest that's been molesting for 50 years so everyone who's doing something wrong doesn't need to fucking end up in the prison system. It's no beyond. In 2014, two police officers responding to a call. This is our last one about a man waving a gun shot Tamir Rice at a park. Rice was 12 years old. A 12 year old kid was standing in a park. A police car skidded. This is in the report was going a million miles an hour, skidded to a stop like they were on a sitcom in the 80s. They were Knight Rider and shot a 12-year-old standing in a park. Neither police officer was ever charged federally or locally. Mm. That's 2014. <sighs> okay, let me go. I'm going to go bash a window. Um, I just want to read this thing before we go to So There's That. Like Julie said at the top, Abuse of power takes many forms. It's not always racism. It's sexism. It can be related in class, in religion. We we deal with it all the time, every day. If you're not a white man or a rich man, then you deal with it every single day. But this is the thing. I read this thing um, about racism by Scott Woods. The problem is that white people see racism as conscious hate when racism is bigger than that. Racism is a complex system of social and political levers and pulleys set up generations ago to continue working on the behalf of whites at other people's expense, whether whites know, like it or not. Racism is an insidious cultural disease. It is so insidious that it doesn't care if you're a white person who likes black people. It's still going to find a way to infect how you deal with people who don't look like you. Yes, racism looks like hate. But hate is just one manifestation of it. Privilege is another. Access is another. 
ignorance is another apathy is another and so on and so on so while i agree with people who say no one is born racist it remains a powerful system that we are immediately born into it's like being born into air you take it in as soon as you breathe it's not a cold that you can get over there is no anti-racist certification class it's a set of socioeconomic traps and cultural values that are fired up every time we interact with the world it is a thing you have to keep scooping out the boat of your life to keep from drowning in it. Mm. I know it's hard work, but it's the price you pay for owning everything. Ooh. Now it's time for So There's That. All right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a so there's that moment that's happening. It's okay. It's okay. Okay. So were you just overcome by the sadness of it all yeah i mean it's just fucked up it is fucked up it's really fucked up and it is like emotional and cr yeah i feel you it is fucked up all right so this is the part of the show where julie has to find a so there's that moment that's happening because of or in spite of the giant zombie mad max nightmare that we are all living in right now She's always hated doing it, but it goes without saying that it's been beyond hard for her in COVID-20. That this past week was one of the most hopeless and painful since we started this stupid fucking podcast. So at this point, we will settle for anything, meow meow. Okay. You could tell us that Mark Zuckerberg has chronic hemorrhoids and it would help. <laughs> well, this week was really fucking fucked. This was virtually impossible to get done. And once again, I really wanted to scrap it. I really wanted to tell you I don't want to do well, it. Well, you I did was ask me to. at one point. You said, so we're not doing so there's that. And I was like, yes, we are. I really, I yeah, because I felt like it was even inappropriate to do it. To even, to point to something good. You know, shouldn't we stew yeah. in the shit and let it come to a boil and let my skin harden more and more and become completely flavorless like the fat boiled chicken I've become? But alas... My friends, your chicken is never flavorless. <laughs> While the water has been boiling and it did come to a boil and we do need to partly boil our fat asses. <laughs> then another part sits cooling next to the stove and the feelings start to rush in and the boiled heart softens and it needs some flavor. And what is the best flavor for a boiled hardened heart? Corn. Uh. <laughs> corn. Salted corn. Corn. Salted corn. Corn, cream, and corn. And cheese. And cheese. Corn and cheese. That's right. Well, as my heart was boiling hot and hardening like a hard-boiled egg, the corn, cream, and cheese was added to the pot. And what do we have but cream of corn cheese heart soup. <laughs> so I found this corn and that it wasn't just... good, kind of. It actually does sound good. <laughs> so I found this corn and it wasn't just one kernel. That's the thing. It was many, many, many corns. <laughs> and thus became an ear. And now I can't stop listening. Is it GMO it? corn? No. Oh, I see. Listening. <laughs> Got it. So it's, well, you didn't say if it was organic corn, and it's it with an organic kernel of corn. So it started in Flint, Michigan, and the dominoes fell. Genesee County Sheriff Chris Swanson went out with the police, whatever they call them, pr protest mob unit, whatever, to keep the protests under control, and he stopped, and he addressed the crowd. I mean, and, Flint, Michigan, of all places, right? And Flint, Michigan is the murder capital of the world. <laughs> and their and water's by the fucked. Way, their water's fucked. they ignored and just right. treated like shit. Like, like shit. And not, not any violent breakouts there. So he took his riot gear off. He put his weapons down. And he started talking to the crowd. And he said, what do you want us to do? We're with you. And he started to appeal to them. He said, I don't want you to feel like I'm against you. I don't want this. I don't. I don't want this 
I want you to know that we care about you, that we're listening to you. What do you need us to do? What do you want me to do? And he took his mask, everything. He's just wearing now a sweatshirt and he's just like, whatever. And he's being fucking whatever. They're going to make a movie about him. I'm sure. (laughs) Well, he made his syrupy speech and he didn't want their gather. He said he didn't want the gathering to be a protest. He wanted to make it a parade. Now, I think that's a little tone deaf. <laughs> but at the same time, the dialogue, the direct connection between the police and Black Lives Matters and people who are sick of police abusing their power and especially killing black people and hiding behind their jobs. Time's up, pigs. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> but there. <laughs> and yes, there's good God, cops. Please get on my nerves. So bad. <laughs> so bad. And fine. There's good cops. But look, there's good men, too. It doesn't take <laughs> away from the fact that systemic sexism is alive and they literally created rape it doesn't matter how many marches you do nothing gets accomplished until something gets accomplished like implementing new policies education reform and people in power changing the system period but much like the women's movement we can't have any movement without men and we can't have change in the police force without the police and after the looting and the fires and the blaming and the pain and the pain and the pain the changes need to start And you don't need to throw a hot potato and run away. In this instance, the only way anything gets done is by both parties coming together to hold the hot potato. Even if right now the first step are the police listening, that's the first step. And I give it to the police who put their power aside and humbled themselves the best that they could to walk with protesters and listen and even just offer reassurance that they understand and they're sorry The police chief of Atlanta said she was disgusted by the George Floyd video and she vowed that she understood that people need to have as much uh, room for their rage and pain as the law could provide. I hand it to the mayors of the cities, too, for for letting the cities get destroyed. Right. Because like the Women's March, all you guys put your hats on. (laughs) Oh, did you get any change to happen? No, you didn't. Because pink pussy hats don't mean what smashing in windows and fucking motherfuckers up. That's what gets noticed. Why don't you set some pussies on fire? Maybe that set set some of your bushes on fire. Maybe that would have made some change happen. Set some rapist cars on fire. That's right. Okay. I'm not saying I wasn't thrilled to see police cars burn and police buildings break out into firestorms. I'm here for it. Genius. I'm also here for the corn and the cream and and the cheese of police chiefs saying they stand in solidarity with Black Lives Matters and the protesters. I'm here for the police officers who got down on their knees, taking a knee in solidarity with protesters in New York, South Florida, Philadelphia, Des Moines. Oklahoma City and more cities I was moved and heartened to 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 see the sight and the fact that police officers are feeling it too the outbreak of sadness and anger and rage and frustration and disgust over George Floyd and the systemic abuse of power over underprivileged people particularly people of color and the magnifying glass is on it and it's burning a hole through the anthill that it lives on We should feel hopeful by these acts of solidarity. And rather than immediately saying it's fake or it isn't enough or either side refusing to come to the table, remember, we have to start somewhere. And we have to remember in our anger and grief and utter contempt that the only way for things to change is we have to allow them to change. And if these cops are willing to get down on one knee or put their batons down and walk beside us, we have to let them. So let's let that small, small step be the little increment of light shining that we desperately need right now and let it just light the way forward. So there's that. So that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. Thank you guys for listening. We love you all so much. And we're so grateful for all 14 of you, especially now. (sighs) Please consider joining our Patreon podcast if you haven't yet. It's $1 for one podcast a week (laughs) and $2 for two podcasts a week. They're both an hour. And lately they've been a hot fucking mess because we are Corona crazy and constantly self-medicating. But hey, there's no politics, no ads, no Trump, no structure, no stress about the world falling apart. And best of all, no pressure to join the fucking annoying (laughs) Patreon. If nothing else, you'll be distracted from your own life thinking how annoying and insufferable and tone deaf we are. (laughs) Just go to www.patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics to sign up. And if you're still on the fence when you get there, scroll down to the episode from September 11th. It's unlocked and free for you to try out. 
but you might as well just just do it just give it a try okay we're never gonna stop bugging uh, and once you join you'll never again have to wonder what it's like to be part of the dumb gay pandemic known as our patreon well i'd like to say that it's been real and it's been fun and it's definitely been gay and dumb <laughs> and pretty depressing <laughs> but let's not we're gonna we're gonna keep fighting Fucking pigs! <laughs> Fucking pigs! <laughs> I can't believe it. How'd you do, I? See, you've met my faithful handyman. He's just a little broad dime because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover I'm not much of a man By the light of day But by night I'm one hell of a lover I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania Let me show you a rhyme Maybe Play you a sign. You look like you're both pretty groovy. Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal, we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat world. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual... Transylvania. <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Right. Or maybe a bite. Right. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan. And he's good for relieving my tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> but not the symptom. 